Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So, uh, welcome to the Dylan episode of the Platinum Sombrero uh, World Series Hangover Edition. So I'm actually, full disclosure, I'm sitting here at work right now as you can hear all the cars in the background because uh, I've had to sacrifice a lot of days here at work to get through this area. So I haven't been able to line up a dock. Um, and I, I really don't even know where to begin. Um, it's just such a crazy feeling to, to say that after everything that we've dealt with, and, and me being 30, uh, I was four years old when the Braves won their last World Series. And I don't really, obviously, I don't remember much of it. My, my real memories of them are, you know, 99. Uh, which did not turn out so well. And then just kind of assuming that because the Braves were good my entire childhood and, and were always in you know, deep playoff runs in the World Series in my entire childhood that you know, we'd get there again. Never imagining that it would be 22 years before we'd get a shot at rectifying that. All, all those really close teams of the 90s who got to the mountain and, and only got over that hump once. It just kind of goes to show you what a weird sport baseball really is where you can be the best team in baseball through 162 games like the Giants or the second best team like the Dodgers uh, or you can be the quote-unquote worst team in the playoffs like the Braves and outside of this short few week stretch nothing really matters as long as you get to the dance and uh, for, for my little segment today that, that's kind of what I want to focus on is the resiliency of this team to, to get where they could not only make a run, but believe in themselves enough to actually do it. In a season where almost nothing went the way it was supposed to go, to finish it out with the three main deadline additions, and really four, because Duvall played some good defense and had some home runs as well, the, the four trade deadline deals really turned this team around, including the Jock, who wasn't really a trade deadline deal, but we counted anyway, to have Jock win you the DS, Rosario win you the CS, along with Tyler Matzik having maybe one, maybe the most legendary relief outing of any Brave ever in the history of the Atlanta franchise. And then you have Solaire, who hits three bombs in the World Series, every single one of them go-ahead homers, including what I think might be my favorite home run in a Braves uniform uh, in that, that final World Series game in Game 6, where I've never seen I've never seen a man be so disrespectful to a baseball uh, with a swing in my life. But you just kind of knew the longer that bat, that at bat kept going, he was on Garcia from the very first at bat. You just kept kind of thinking to yourself, man, if this dude gives him one, he's gonna send this thing a mile. And not only did he send it a mile, he beat the Albert Pujols home run. And I think, if I'm being really honest, that was the moment that I knew it was done. Uh, now I know the Astros' offense is good. But that type of that type of swing, that type of home run, that is such a momentum gatherer for the team that hits it, and it's such a momentum killer for the team that gives it up. And you had Garcia, who was you know, the Braves have been hitting the ball hard 
but they hadn't really been having a ton of success against them. It almost looked like they were going to go back to, to doing one of these things where the Braves kind of look like they should have dominated, and then they don't. And then you have Solaire come up and, and deliver that monster shot, and then Dansby gives you a two-run shot later, and then Freddie Freeman gets his Game 6 home run where he actually shows some emotion, which we'll talk about a little bit later. That, to me, that, that was the quintessential Braves moment of the season. A guy that didn't start the season on the Braves, a guy that had had a very up-and-down season himself before coming to the Braves, for that to be the solidifier, on top of Max Fried, who I, I still don't know how his ankle wasn't broken. That was that was absolutely nasty. I've broken my ankle on a similar type of, of play. To have that, not only for him to come out fine, but to come out throwing like three miles an hour harder afterwards... We're gonna for I don't know that we're gonna forget that Max Reed performance, but we don't we're not gonna give it the due that it really deserves because that first inning, it kind of looked like you know Max was okay, but didn't look like he had that supreme Max stuff that we're used to seeing, and then that moment happened and a, a, a switch just flipped, and Max went to just killer Max Reed and through I really I thought you could have kept him going. I didn't think you needed to take him out of the game at all. It didn't at, from that point on there were like no stressful innings. That game six was was the quintessential Atlanta Braves game that I wanted to see in this World Series. And we kind of saw it in game one with Charlie Morton um, pitching on a broken leg with the offense coming out to play. And then the offense kind of went and hid for a little bit throughout the rest of the series. And then in the game where they needed them the most, because you could tell Snicker did not want to get to a game seven. In the situation where the Braves got to as deep as they wanted to go, they came up, and the bats did what they'd been doing. And that really was the story of the postseason. And that's one of the things that we've talked about here on the Platinum Sombrero for years now is that it is a different ball game. You don't win by stringing multiple hits together. And if you look at the World Series, you can you can clearly see that was the story. Jeff Passan has a really good article on ESPN breaking it down. I know a lot of us might not be super happy with the Passan right now, but had a really, really good piece, wrote a really good piece about it, uh, just about how... Nearly everything was the same between these two teams, except for one glaring area, and that's where the Braves out-homered the Astros, the vaunted Houston Astros lineup, 11-2. to And that's after out-homering the Dodgers as well. I mean, this, or I should say mostly out-homering the Dodgers. Th- this Braves team, that's just, that was their recipe all year. Get the ball in the air, hit the ball out of the park, barrel it up, and you're going to win games. And... All you had to, it's a lot easier when you only have to get to the sixth inning to get to some form of mentor Jackson, Matzik, and Will Smith, who deserves a lot of kudos himself for as bad as he was in the regular season, was nails in the postseason. Uh, it, it's just such a story. It's just such a, a good way to cap off, frankly, a miracle season for the Braves. And I'm not one of these guys who's going to rag on people who wanted to sell at the deadline when the Braves couldn't get up over 500. I, I understand why they wanted to. Now, Doc and I, you guys know, we, we never were really wanted to sell. We thought this team was good enough to continue winning and, and really just needed to kind of come together. But you could be forgiven for, for being on the other end of that coin, for just kind of saying, well, it's obviously not our year, and now we don't have Ronald Acuna, and we can't get anything on the same page at the same time. So let's just go ahead and, and gear up for next year and make a real run next year. And I don't fault people for having that opinion. I don't fault people for thinking, well, the core of the team is still the core of the team, so you're going to be there again. I just for I, I just don't happen to believe that that's the way that good baseball teams operate. I, I just think that the good teams, the really good teams, one of the things that makes them so good is they take advantage of every opportunity they get. 
And you're ne- as, as the 90s Braves can show you, you're never guaranteed to get back to the top of that mountain. The 2015 Mets are another really good example. Just because that core is in place and you think you're going to be there for years and years in a row, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. Baseball is a very fickle beast. You can never predict You can never predict injuries. You can never predict performance in, in, in a 162-game season. And I think the Braves and Alex Anthopoulos, to give him a lot of credit here, he knew what the bones of this team was. He knew that even without Ronald Acuna Jr., this was still an incredibly balanced lineup and it was an incredibly balanced team altogether, even if they weren't performing to the level that we all expected them to do. So this is really just a, a congratulations to everybody that made it to this point, from the Pablo Sandovals that brought you Eddie Rosario to the Nate Jones that forced you to kind of relook at the bullpen a little bit and reevaluate it, uh, to Alex Anthopoulos making a bunch of deals when it would have been far easier to sell off your assets like Charlie Morton uh, and some of your other one-year guys to go out and, and, and to get the Duvals, the Jocks, uh, the Eddie Rosario, Jorge Soler, and even Richard Rodriguez, who even though he didn't make it on the postseason roster, I still expect to play a very big role in this team next year. And frankly, to the guys that got traded away to bring those guys in. I know it's a kind of a running joke that we really didn't give up anything to, to get what we got. But those teams thought highly enough of those pieces, or little enough of, of the ones that they traded away, I should say, that you were able to do that without breaking away from what Alex really wanted to do, which was make smart deals without giving up what he deemed to be big-time future assets. I mean, we got all of those players, and, and the best player... Um, prospect-wise that we gave up. You could say Bryce Wilson if you still considered him a prospect at that point. Or Ricky DeVito, who I, I like Ricky DeVito a lot. I think his splitter is a really good pitch, and if, he, and if he can be consistent in his command, I think he's got a really bright future. I don't think that was a bad trade for for Pittsburgh. I thought I still think Atlanta won it. I know it didn't turn out like we wanted this season with Richard Rodriguez. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe something to do with the crackdown on substances a little bit. I don't want to say... But I'm just saying, uh, didn't see the slider from him this year, which is what made him such an elite reliever last year. And I think that's something that the Braves are going to hammer on with him this offseason is figuring out a way to get that slider to be good again. Because if you can get that slider back in, now you've added an, an even better piece to your bullpen without having to go out and pay anybody. So now you get to the point where we, we, we've been able to see the World Series in Atlanta. And Atlanta fans, by the way, give yourselves a round of applause. That, that was insane. I was at the battery a number of times. You guys probably heard me on 680. Uh, it was doing a lot of Braves coverage for them throughout this, throughout this, really throughout the NLCS and into the World Series. So I was at the battery a lot, and you know it'd be before the pitch time, sometimes four or five hours before the game, and it was just absolutely packed every single time. Braves fans showed up and showed out. Don't let anybody ever tell you Atlanta is not a sports town. This place was absolutely rocking. From the get-go. And not only that, Braves fans outshowed the Astros fans in Minute Maid as well. You could tell no Braves fan was taking it for granted that we were in that World Series. Now, I know we're all different. Braves Braves Nation is very expansive. But I do feel it's – I think that's one of the things where when you consider blue blood teams for baseball – the Braves are one of those teams, even if we have not always performed that way, even if the media doesn't really view us that way. We are one of those blue blood teams. And for us to finally go through and act like one of those blue bloods, even though we don't have the payroll of the of the L.A.s or the New Yorks or Boston or anybody like that, we went out there and we won it, and we won it our way, which I think was so important 
not just for the Braves and for Atlanta, but for all of these other teams in baseball that don't have $260 million they can blow on a single season of payroll. I think it was so important for these middle-of-the-road payroll teams to see that you don't have to go out there and spend like that to win. Yeah, it's an added bonus when you can be the Dodgers and have more money than everybody and have the best farm system in baseball along with like the, the Tampa Bay Rays uh, and, and have the best player development staff and, and have brilliant GMs. Yeah, that's, that's an added bonus. But you don't have to go that route to get to the top of the mountain. And the Braves, they went about it in a very smart and calculated manner. Almost everyone on this team is homegrown. You're talking about the core players. You're talking about Dansby, Ronald, Ozzy, Freddie, Austin. They're all homegrown guys. They're all guys that the Braves cultivated and molded and shaped and transformed into what you're seeing from them now. So it was just this. I, I really can't put it into words, really. Just this whole season, it was such a fulfilling season in, in a number of ways. It was the quintessential Atlanta season, and it really was kind of par for the course for how you should have expected Atlanta to win their next World Series in a season where you thought it was all over many, many times where you you went 17 consecutive games alternating wins and losses and you didn't get on a real run until the very end of the season. Well, they got on that run and they got on that run at the right time and they started performing the way that we had thought they could all season long and it paid off in spades. It paid off in, in the biggest possible way. And I, I, I just can't say enough for my partner, Doc, too. This is this was a very big season for the two of us, um, especially here at TPS. We've been doing this for, for four years now, and the Braves have gotten better each and every time. Um, met a lot of people, heard from a lot of people that enjoyed listening to it, and, and make it a lot of fun. Podcasting about the Braves is fun anyway. It's a lot better when they win, and I have a feeling it's going to be a whole heck of a lot better now that we're the World Series champions. And that's kind of, it still seems weird to say that uh, we are now the defending World Series champions. Now we get to head in the offseason and take care of the business that we need to take care of to try to come back and repeat this thing with Ronald Acuna. Obviously, Freddie Freeman, bringing him back is, is key number one. And I, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care about Joe Buck mentioning that, oh, well, maybe it's Freddie's last home run in a Braves uniform. You know what? Maybe it is, and if it is, I don't really care about, like, I shouldn't say that, I, I obviously want Freddie back no matter what, but it doesn't change anything about how I view Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman is the personification of the Braves. He is a Brave in that same tier of Chipper Jones, of Eddie Matthews, of Dale Murphy. He is a, he is a Brave. When you think of the Braves, you should think of Freddie Freeman. And to have him have those moments and to show that emotion on that that home run in game six where he said he looked up and he saw his family going nuts. He looked at the dugout and saw the team going nuts and a little emotion just jumped out of him for a guy that generally prides himself on not showing a lot of emotion. Uh, I, I, I thought that was incredible. To hear that interview with him where you could tell he was tearing up that whole time, just an incredible moment for an incredible player. It just, it just worked. It was just absolutely perfect and I can't think I can't think of a better way to end it than to have all of these things come together at the right time for Tyler Matzik who had the yips to to get back into baseball and become one of the most dominant relievers in the game for Luke Jackson to go from being 
basically a garbage time punt option in 2018 to being one of the most elite right-handed relievers in anybody's bullpen for AJ Minter to get sent down in the middle of the season to have to get his head screwed on back tight to come up and play just absolute banger baseball the entire way through for Will Smith to be one of the most nerve-wracking closers all the way through the regular season to blow multiple opportunities and to have literally everyone except for Brian Snitker wanting him out of that role, for him to be locked down in the postseason, to, to not allow a single run, to have a whip under one, it was just it was just perfect. For Dansby to be on the up and down roller coaster, gets himself two big time home runs in the World Series. Ozzy struggled mightily through so much of the postseason, came through in that final game after getting bumped down in the order. It was just everything came together. For Travis Darno. I mean, being injured, he popped off for two home runs as well. Just, I can't say enough about this team. You're looking forward to next year. And really, I'm just sitting here today, and I'm kind of sad. Now it's said that there's no more baseball. Like, we, we won it all, and I, I kind of wonder how we're going to be next year. Now, I know Braves fan base is going to be super rabid, so the next thing is going to be win one for Ronald now uh, and get Mike Soroka back as well and kind of see how we're going to handle this offseason. But it's been a long time since an Atlanta team has been the team that everyone is looking to and comparing themselves to and saying, all right, we got to beat them. I have a feeling Atlanta is going to enjoy being the heel. I have a feeling that the Atlanta fan base is really going to enjoy and welcome the attacks of any and all fan bases. And you know what else? I have a feeling we're going to handle it very, very well. I, uh, here on TPS, I, I, I don't know exactly what the future holds and for how long, but uh, I do know that we can now say that we are the podcast for your World Series champion, Atlanta Braves. We get to hang that banner in our fourth year as a show. We got the parade going on uh, on tomorrow, actually, and if you're going to that, have a lot of fun, take a lot of pictures, be safe, and uh, go nuts. We've earned this. The team earned this, and you could tell they they knew it. They've talked about it the whole time, about how the fans deserved it, and about how they kind of knew the the curse and all that, and for the Braves to be the team to go out there and just not just beat the curse, but to walk through all the demons outside of the Cardinals, walk through all the demons of your past to get through that curse. It was Houston that kept us out in the early 2000s. It was the Dodgers who have been the bane of our existence for years, and to not just walk through them, but to never face an elimination game in the entire postseason is just really special from a team that every national pundit ignored or thought was just an afterthought or, oh, well, they're just lucky to even get to the dance. It goes to show you, there's nobody that knows your team the way that you do. We watched them way more than everybody else. We knew this team going into the postseason. We knew they were legit going in. We knew that this was a team that could make a big run. And it honestly feels a lot better, to me anyway, knowing that they did it with everyone else picking against them. To me, that that's quintessential Atlanta. Always the afterthought, never the big bell of the ball, doesn't matter. Just power through, get through there, and just dominate the teams that the national spotlight loves take care of business and got yourself a world title if you're a bulldogs fan you're feeling very good about this year if you're a hawks fan you're feeling really good about the state of the hawks things are popping off in the state of georgia and uh the atlanta braves are here for a long long time and tps will be as well so 
uh, thank you to all of you guys who have listened to us throughout this four years of the show and who've listened to us going forward. Thank you to those of you that, that have reached out to me after the game was over and for following my stupid self on Twitter and all of the posts and, and all of the agony and angst. You guys are awesome. I, I, I appreciate every second of it. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to, uh, to next year being able to talk about the World Series champion Braves and, and a chance at repeating. And not just a chance of repeating, but way too early prediction, a really, really good shot at repeating as well. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and walk back into work now. Uh, thank you guys so much. I hope you guys uh, hope you guys are still living large and having a lot of fun. But uh, we'll be back sometime soon to do Doc and I's first episode together since we became World Series champions. And uh, I couldn't be looking any forward to any more forward to it. So uh, thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy this victory in this parade. And uh, we'll see you next time right here on the Platinum Sombrero.